Another week, another list, another state, Ryan. We are in Florida, Orlando. We're at MegaCon. It's, uh, it's convention season all over again. It's 2024. We're, we're here. It's the first big con of the year. It's my first time ever at MegaCon, and I'm enjoying it so far. Big shout out to all the supporters of Crashdown. We're meeting so many of them. How cool is that? It's very strange to attend a convention as a creator now. So yeah, again, thank you to people who have uh, checked out the book, who read the book, who have come up to us here and said stuff we're about to film this and go do a bunch of signings and stuff after that today so it'll be it'll be an interesting day we have 10 books to get to we got to talk to you guys about the trending comics we do it every week and we aren't going to let a convention stop us and number 10 on the list we got a spicy one created some social media buzz because of how stylized the cover is X-Force number 28. That's right, we're talking X-Force 28. This just came out a week ago, and this variant cover art uh, was it's a normal cover price book. It's selling for double cover price. We've seen prices go from about $8 all the way up to $15 for a raw copy of this book with this cover art by John Cassidy. All right, so some people don't like this cover. I personally think it's so stunning that I want to add it to my collection because it is so unique. Unique is definitely one word for it, and as somebody who really likes the run that John Cassidy did on Astonishing X-Men with Joss Whedon about 20 years ago, he definitely knows how to draw Wolverine and Beast, and I'm not sure what is going on with this cover, but it does remind me of the recent Frank Miller variants that we talked about over the last year. Did you see the Ben Grimm, Frank Miller thing cover? Because that one is actually really cool looking, and it's kind of in that same vein. We talked about the Wolverine Ghost Rider cover that he did, and that was sort of... Everybody a, did. Correct. And yeah, that got a lot of backlash. But after that, there was, a, I think, a pretty cool-looking thing variant for Fantastic Four in kind of the same style, but that one seemed to go under people's radar. Actually, I actually like that one kind of more than this book here on the list, but... What I will say is, we have just gotten done talking about Frank Miller at the same time as this number on the list. Maybe John's on to something. I can't draw, so you, you did better than I would, so I can't really, I can't really judge. I'm not sure about that, Ryan, but at the list at number nine, hit the subscribe button. We have a graphic novel. It's spiking. It's trending because it was optioned, and I don't look at these types of books as potential investment opportunity as much as reading opportunity. We're talking about Kill Them All here at number nine on the list. From 2017, this was released as a graphic novel. Like Tom said, this was not a monthly release comic book, so you kind of had one chance really to grab this when it came out and read the whole thing all in one go. Written by James Hetfield, the first Metallica album. He's lying. Tom's giving you false information. That's Kill Them All, I believe. This is Kill Them All. A 600% increase in copies sold. Look at me manipulating the market again. Damn it, Tom. Trying to get him to read comic books. Well, we're seeing about $20 average sales for this book, which I imagine is about what the graphic novel probably costs anyway. And this is written as like a spoof of 90s action movies, is what the synopsis describes it as. It's got a couple of people storing a high-rise, like, apartment building, yeah, fighting their way through by a bunch it's like John Wick, dude. It sounds like, an, I, like I, I'm kind of surprised this was a comic first, honestly. This sounds like it would be work much better as a movie, but it has me intrigued to kind of go look at the book and see how this does work as a comic. You know what I mean? I'm excited, too, because it's made by Kyle Starks, who's doing a lot of really cool stuff right now, and he's definitely on my radar. You know him from Peacemaker Tries Hard. You know him from writing the obscure DC character Wild Dog from Brave and the Bold. Yeah, Batman the Brave and the Bold is like an anthology book. There's like three or four stories in there, and one of them is written by Kyle Starks, and it's like my favorite one out of this whole series so far. It's really funny, and I have no idea about Wild Dog at all, but I'm into it. I'm going to be looking up this book because Kyle Starks is absolutely on my radar now. 
One per box in the February Mystery Mail call, Avengers Twilight, Peach Momoko variant, going out to every single member. Go to commentom101.com. Join the community. We'll send you comics every single month. And you support the show. Next on the list. I'm going to interrupt you. You need to read Avengers Twilight if you're getting the oh, call. Chips and Arsenal. It's one of the best books Marvel's putting out right now. And you're if welcome. Ultimate, if Ultimate Spider-Man was not a thing, this would be the book at this the moment. Is, so yeah. open it and read it. It's a really good book. Sorry to interrupt you, Tom. Please, what were you saying? Old Man Cap. Okay, back to number eight on the list is Daredevil 131. I'm very excited to catch people up about Bullseye because, oh, how far he's come as it pertains to the spec. Before you get too far ahead of yourself, I want to throw in some numbers and get those out of the way because we are seeing a 260% increase in copies sold of this key book compared to last week. However, we do see about $800 average sales and a CGC 9.0 sold yesterday as we're recording this for $400. This book is down by half at a 9.0. You still go for about $1,000. But here's the thing. Back when that was being specced on, that Bullseye would be in Deadpool 3, it was likely before Hugh Jackman was set to reprise the role. I mean, the idea from the script was that Deadpool was going to be armless, was going to stumble upon Hugh Jackman Wolverine from the Logan movie, where he would be dead upon arrival, and then remove Hugh Jackman's arm to replace it with his own and get this Deadpool Wolverine hybrid. I don't think that's happened. That sounds like something you do if Hugh Jackman does not sign up for your movie. And again, that was like a rumored leak of a first draft of the movie featuring Bullseye as the main antagonist. I think once they got Hugh Jackman on board, he probably scrapped that plot line with the severed arm thing. We haven't really heard a lot of Bullseye rumors about this movie lately. So yeah, I don't think Deadpool 3 is where Bullseye is going to show up, especially because we know that actor Wilson Bethel will be reprising his role in Daredevil Born Again. We last saw him in the third season of the Netflix show. And I'm getting more worried by the day about news about Daredevil, but let's just keep it going to number seven because... I happen to know that you love this spec. We have Fantastic Four Annual number six, the first appearance of Annihilus. We haven't talked about this book in actually like almost 12 months to the day. It was literally the first trending video in February of last year that we last talked about this book. And compared to last week, again, we're seeing a 325% increase in copies sold. There's no concrete rumors or news or any of that about maybe seeing Franklin Richards in whatever Fantastic Four movie we're getting. This is also the first appearance of Annihilus from the Negative Zone, a big villain of the Fantastic Four. No confirmation of rumors about him specifically, but I really think we, we have a strong chance of seeing one or both of these characters in the Fantastic Four franchise moving forward. $700 average sales on this book, but mid-grade five fives go for around 150 bucks. Super affordable if you're looking for those mid-grade copies, but in high grade, oh, it's tough. The 9.6 height was reached in 2022. What was it, for $17,000? Hit him with the recent 9.6 sale. The most recent 9.6 sale that we're aware of uh, that publicly sold online was the lowest price that it went for all year last year, 2023. It hasn't sold since August, and that price was $7,200. So it's down by 10K at really one of the highest of grades that people can potentially achieve with this comic book. And I think that's the main reason why it's spiking. Because some of these books are getting so cheap that they're becoming buy prices. Let's not forget, Franklin Richards for sure exists in the MCU. At least in one alternate universe, right? We had that offhand mention of Reed Richards' kids in the Multiverse of Madness scene with, you know, evil Wanda that we all remember from that movie. So they've been confirmed in some form or fashion on screen. So it is interesting to see what they'll do with these two characters moving forward, hopefully. 
Utilize Kotom 101 on the best comic app in existence. I use it at every single convention, and all my friends do too. It's called Key Collector Comics. You use Kotom 101. You unlock a free two-week subscription of the app. You get access to the app in its entirety, and you can be notified about key alerts. And that's when news breaks, stuff starts happening with comics, and you get notified so you can decide if this is the time to buy, sell, or even trade. A lot of news breaks at cons, too, and that's, like, the best time to have the Key Collector app. You get notifications. It's like, oh, hey, that trailer dropped for that movie that you want to watch, or, hey, some new thing got announced, or, hey, they debuted the cast of such-and-such upcoming movie. It's just it's just an easy way to, like, get updates. That brings us to number six on the list with the comic book you likely own. If you do, let me know in the comment section below because we talk about this comic at least once a year because it's perpetually relevant. Superman, Man of Steel, number 18 from 1992. This is the first full appearance of Doomsday because he had several issues before this featuring him like punching his way out of a containment room or whatever. But from here, we finally get like the real full Doomsday revealed. And this character just keeps getting used in live action stuff, right? We saw him in the Justice League movie. Kind of. Sure. We're also about to get him, apparently, in Superman and Lois. I have not watched that show, but apparently the third season ended with a Superman Doomsday cliffhanger. Oh, was it a cliffhanger? It was the best part of the show. I'm excited to watch this, and this is a book you can get for super cheap right now. This is a great entry point for people who are trying to get high-grade keys. You know, it hits $15, $18 average sales. You can get a 9.8 for $80 to $100 of so to give you an idea of the total, like, CGC slab count for this book, right, there's over 4,500 slabs across all grades. Five of those are at 9.9, and in the last year plus since we've talked about this book, there have been almost 500 new slabs added to the census, none of which are anything higher than a 9.8. There's almost 200 new 9.8s in that time, no 9.9s. Super rare. We haven't seen one sell since November 2022 when it went for $5,250. A far cry from the $100 9.8. This is a great opportunity for us to kind of notate census count here because CGC recently announced that they're going to be doing pre-screens of 9.9s and there's a lot of people worried about that being a new potential flood to the market that can adjust prices aggressively. Let's see where this book is in a year from now in the event that there is an increase in 9.9s and I want to know what the community thinks in the comment section below. What do you think about the 99 pre-screening announcement that CGC recently made, especially considering the new scandal that's actively happening. That's probably distracting a lot of people from all the updates that they have done recently. You're talking about scandals, but honestly, you ask me about a scandal, I'm going to say and the next book counts as a scandal, in my opinion. We're at number five. This is West Coast Avengers number 45. Where the hell is the Vision Ben? Where the hell is Paul Bettany in the MCU? I miss him. We haven't seen him since the finale of WandaVision when he turned white Vision and flew off into space or whatever, right? He's just been completely gone since then. West Coast Avengers 45 is on the list. This is the first appearance of the colorless Vision. The book that kind of started the rise of the comic boom. Not necessarily the aggressive sales on the, like, major key end, you know? Like the Superman and Batman 1s, for example. But on the smaller scale of books that were like $5 that propelled to new heights that we had never seen because of television shows alone. This was a $5 book that spiked up 9.8, clear past $1,000. 15 to 2K were the heights that this book reached. Recent sales at a 9.8, $200. Yeesh. Hey, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to process. But when you think back, right, everyone was stuck at home. We were getting news about Disney Plus and like 
the MCU coming to TV at home, in your home. Disney Plus itself was still kind of new at that point. We'd only had like a year or two with The Mandalorian and something like that. And WandaVision was just exciting times when there was nothing else happening in Marvel. And I think that that combined with, you know, the influx of spare cash people had with the stimulus and everything, I think it makes sense to see certain books skyrocket. But this one especially, you had that all season long of, of Vision hype. And then to finally get the white vision at the end, it does make sense that this book did pop off in some way. An increase of 350% in copies sold. You got to assume that it's people just anticipating the reprisal of the role. It doesn't look good. That's all I'll say, right? We got, we haven't seen him since WandaVision. We got Agatha on the horizon. I don't think Vision's really going to show He was supposed to there. get his own show. He was supposed to get a Vision class spinoff after WandaVision, but that we've heard that that might have been folded into like the Children's Crusade, Young Avengers story that they might not even be making either. Does anyone care about any of this? I just want Vision again, but I know something you care about, Tom. I'm haunted for this next book at the list of number four. 28 days later, number one. Between the films, 28 days later and 28 weeks later, the time in between was filled within this narrative that came out about a decade after the release of the first movie, and they're going to be making it a trilogy. Thank Thor. 28 years later was finally confirmed uh, this past week, and we've been hearing rumors for, I guess, decades or something at this point, it feels like, about them doing 28 months later, because that's like the next progression. They took too long, so now we're doing years. We're skipping the years. But this is a big deal because they're bringing back the two big creative brains from the original movie. You've got director Danny Boyle and writer Alex Garland, who didn't really do much with the second movie. They were executive producers. They did not write it or direct it. But so they blew up after that. Correct. Slumdog Millionaire? They went on to have crazy careers after that. Yes, Slumdog. And then Alex Garland went and directed uh, Ex Machina, which right. you and I both love. And Get down really, Saturday night, baby. It's really exciting to see them reteaming for this third movie. And we do have Killian Murphy on board as an executive producer. We don't know if he's going to star in the movie. He I, may reprise his role somehow. I he died in the first one. We, I can't, I got to watch it again. I don't even remember. It's overrated. I don't like it. I just watched the first part of that movie so many times in my life. But this book is hitting $10 average sales. Go hunting. There's nothing on the census besides signed copies there's two signed slabs out there and that's it so yeah this is definitely a book you want to try and track down uh raw send it in to get graded if if you want to grade it i, I want to just find the, the trade if there's even a trade of this i want to read this because yeah i think it'd be cool to get like what happened in between i am so worried about daredevil born again number three on the list is daredevil number 11 this is the first appearance of the muse who was the first villain to be speculated to appear in daredevil born again before the reshoots before the rewrites before the countless different announcements of villains who are going to be in this show that was once going to be a what 18 episode episodic thing that's now been cut down to who knows what yeah we don't know we we got confirmation when the show debuted that it was going to be 18 episodes which is like triple the length of any other disney plus show and like at least double the length of any normal season of tv that we get nowadays 18 seemed a little extreme kevin feige saw a little bit and he's like this is none of this shit. works we gotta scrap <laughs> all of it we need to shorten this up and it seems like he just said did you guys watch the netflix show because just do that and so since then we've gotten the return of finally of of Deborah Ann Wall is Karen Page. Foggy Nelson, yo. Foggy He's looking Nelson. really good. I like his haircut. He's got a cool new haircut. Yeah, haircut's pretty cool. We saw like a video of them just walking the street. And I almost clearly, cried. That thing was amazing. Just seeing them back together. They're, they're just, just hanging out. I don't even know if that was... Uh, I don't think so because he was wasn't set, using but, a oh, stick. Okay. <laughs> you know? There you go. It's just, it's just really cool to see. I said a long time ago when we did a ranking that Daredevil is my favorite thing that Marvel has ever done. Like live action Marvel project. Netflix show is amazing. It's perfect. 
I'm so glad that they're leaning back into that for this new version of the show. However, the muse is is really interesting. We did hear that he's going to be rumors that he's going to be the villain of this show. But again, like Tom said, there's there's a lot of stuff, a lot of people, a lot of characters in this show, and especially with a shortened, condensed runtime. I'm starting to have concerns about fitting all of it in there. An increase of 483% in copies sold. We just got done talking about Bullseye. We got more Daredevil on the list in a little bit, so stay tuned. When I chatted with Charlie Cox during our brief interaction at Toronto Fan Expo, the only thing I mentioned to him was that I was excited to see him go up against the Muse, and his response was a cold, who have you been talking to? So I think that means it happened or it it didn't. I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm down to see like a newer, you know, non-classic Daredevil villain. We've I want to watch Disney Plus and see someone get mucked up and disfigured. Painted also, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's Muse art. is freaky. He it's makes beautiful art, art he with the body art parts. with people's organs and blood and guts and stuff. I don't really know how that's going to work. Perfect for a children's audience, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Is that Punisher know. on there? Is Punisher's going to be in this show? We're, we're getting into that. We're getting into that. We're going to save that. we got more Daredevil to talk about He's also supposed to be in this show. There's not enough room for all these people. I digress. Because, like, what's number two on the list? Number two on the list is another movie that I'm worried is starting to get overstuffed. We're talking here about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number one. This is one of my favorite books of maybe all time. And this is definitely one of the best books of the last few years. This is such a great comic book. Like, you get a full recharacterization of a character that most people didn't really vibe with or ever really get a chance to vibe with. And then left thinking this is one of the best comic books of the last decade. I never really cared about Supergirl before, but I love Tom King, and when he was announced to write this book, I jumped on it, and I do not regret it, and I think you guys need to give this book a chance. If you never have, it's a really good read. Go find the trade. We love Tom King on this show. I feel like the audience is kind of split 50-50. You're wrong. I'll just say it. Tom King's a genius. <laughs> he's, he's, I think he might be one of the best writers working today, right now, just based on output alone. The guy can do a whole bunch. And actually, this exact same creative team, Tom King and Bilkus Evely, are about to launch a brand new title called Helen of Windhorn from Boom Studios, and I'm very much looking forward to that one. You're thinking of Animal Pound. It's actually coming through Dark Horse Comic Book. I'm sorry, Tom. And this book is hitting $20 average sales, $175 for a CGC 9.8. It must be because of James Gunn News. Miguel, we got Millie Alcock. Yes, correct. That did, that, yes. That's the reason this book is on the list. Millie Alcock is now playing Supergirl. Not just in the Supergirl film, but she will be appearing before that in Superman Legacy alongside everyone. That movie's full. That movie's getting too full, and at this point I'm starting to get a little concerned. Yeah, James Gunn is steering this ship, and I think this right here is going to be the next biggest thing for superhero movies. I think people are going to be jumping off the Marvel train while they are figuring out how many seasons of Daredevil to reshoot. People are already jumping off the Marvel train, if you ask me, but yeah, this this is going to be exciting, and I think if Superman Legacy is not too overstuffed, I think it'll be really cool to see kind of the setup for this whole universe in this movie. We have the proof that people are jumping on the DC train, an increase of 540% in copies sold after that announcement. Read this book however you can. Seriously, it's really good. Yeah. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button. We're here every single week. Convention, rain, snow sickness and in health we've married the audience and we've released three different crash down variants this weekend the first raymond gay x-men 101 homage i love this cover we made multiple versions of all these things all low print vincenzo riccardi variant beautiful colors outstanding and then of course a virgin variant of johnny desjardins cover of crash down issue one 
Yep, it's hard to hate. Those are all really exciting. I'm just kind of stunned we got Riccardi on this book at all. The guy's got a crazy, crazy understanding of color. And you really need to see that book in particular out of those that Tom just mentioned. But you can see all of those somewhere. ComicTom101.store. And actually, the day that you're watching this should be Sunday if we get it out on time. We're going to be doing an update to the website of whatever Megacon variants we have left. We have a lot of them. Let's talk about Daredevil some more. Because... Number one is either spiky because of a set leak or someone just got, you know, their picture taken on the streets of New York in their pajamas. I, I don't know. That sounds weird. Uh, let's back up. Let's give you a little bit of preamble here. We're talking Peter Barker, Spectacular Spider-Man, issue number nine from 1977. This is the first appearance of the White Tiger. This is Marvel's first Hispanic character. What happened? Because this video... Yeah, it's being described as a set leak, but it looks like just somebody random in the streets of New York, you know, about to walk into a little 7-Eleven or something. The clothes are baggy, and I'll tell you one thing, this is not Jenna Ortega, which is the main spec of the last year. We talked Last time we talked about this book, there were rumors that Jenna Ortega was going to be playing the second even female white tiger that came in later. However, this video is rumored to be from the set of Daredevil Born Again, and it's just a guy inside a convenience store standing there and that's it. He's wearing some baggy white clothes that may or may not be uh, the white tiger. There were even rumors that that might be Muse. That, that, might, that might be the, the <laughs> Muse changing costume. everything. It could. It also is New York. So it could be some <laughs> guy just running in there in some weird outfit and being silly for no reason. $45 average sales. Nine eights are hitting right around the $350 marker on average this year. But the heights this book reached was near $800. We're at a point now where books are dropped so much that any spec potential is kind of a good opportunity to buy comics because every comic seems like a good buy way. And since we did talk about this book well over a year ago, that means there were rumors that White Tiger was involved in this show when it was still 18 episodes and they chopped it down, but it doesn't sound like they're removing a whole lot of the characters we spec'd on back then. So we're now, I don't, there's... So we got Daredevil, of course, Foggy Nelson, Karen Page, Bullseye, Punisher, Kingpin, Crossbones, Red Wait skull. a minute. Bullseye, <laughs> not crossbones. It's just so many. I'm mixing it up. Right? I, I, don't, I don't blame you. This, it's gonna Throw be, crossbones in there. It's going to be very full. But again, I'm just excited to see it. Hopefully, hopefully see them pull it off because we need more Daredevil. We need more gritty, mature storytelling in the MCU apart from Echo. Thanks, Comic Fan. We're going to get back to the hunting. We appreciate your time today. As always. Geek responsible. You have said. <laughs>